Welcome back to the Built to Lead podcast. I got a banger for you. Mario and I are discussing some pretty cool topics, and uh, I really hope that you guys find the value that I did out of this podcast. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the podcast. Um, this is Mario here. We're doing doing a little discussion today. You're going to figure some stuff out and maybe uh, dive in a little bit deeper into some topics. But uh, yeah, we'll start out with uh, with Mario here. Give me a little bit of what you're wanting to do with the world or what your priority is with how you're going to go about, you know, changing the world, and <laughs> making the world a better place. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's setting sights a little high. I don't think I'm going to change the world, but, uh, you know, um, just try to make things a little better in that corner I live in, I guess. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so I've started an online counseling service for men. And uh, I mean, I'll, I'll counsel anyone. In fact, the majority of my clients right now are not men. Uh, but, um, it's weird how that happens though. Hey, like we, yeah. we, we go and we try to help the men and we in turn get women interested in the self-development space. It's almost like there's a barrier there where like, we're trying to help men and, and women turn up and want, want that help. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I think they need to be part of that conversation too. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, uh, after getting my my graduate degree in counseling psychology, I, I started working for, well, I, I started counseling at the place where I was doing my practicum and it was a sexual assault agency, a non-for-profit. And, uh, you know, so the, the majority of people seeking services, there are women. And, uh, I thought, wow, like this is, this is really meaningful stuff. I didn't know how I would handle counseling people, uh, who have experienced sexual assault, but one thing I did notice is that, you know, like, because most of the perpetrators of sexual assault are males, uh, you know, I think one way to correct this whole problem is males need some counseling too, because anybody who would do something like that to another human is obviously deeply wounded themselves, right? So it's some sort of misguided. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it sort of grew out, out of that too. So indirectly, like, I'm really... I'm really rooting for the women here. Um, but mm-hmm. I also, you know, I, I volunteer at the John Howard society in Coal Lake as well. And, uh, you know, some, some amazing people have started the, the chapter there and, uh, they've, they've also noticed too, that there's, you know, uh, happily there's a lot of supports for women seeking supports in Coal Lake but there's just not enough out there for men too. Right. So a lot of times the men have nowhere to go. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that the next, the next struggle on, on your path is kind of putting it out there and, and putting it in front of the eyes that need it, you know, like where, where are those eyes and how do we get that message to those men? Um, I'd imagine there's some sort of action you've taken towards that. Yeah, I have. So I, so what I've done is, uh, uh, like I've reached out to different agencies. We have the, um, uh, you know, family wellness center here in Coal Lake. Uh, we have, uh, you know, there's the, uh, offices of the, uh, uh, you know, first nations offices on the different reserves around here. There's the, uh, Métis nation of Alberta offices, uh, in, in different towns. And so I've reached out to them to sort of say, you know, here's a service I'm providing, you know, um, how can I help? Can you put me on a referral list and, and whatnot? And they've been, uh, 
for the from the ones I've heard from, they've been pretty receptive to that. So, so that's looked pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. They wanted. Uh, I think you had discussed maybe putting together like a a men's group or something that you could kind of lead off and and. Uh... Well, that was sort of on their suggestion. Like I was I, oh, at okay. the time, I was looking for individual referrals, but um, uh, one of the offices said, you know, why don't we put a men's group together? And and so we sh- we started shooting some ideas around about that. And, uh, you know, and I thought, wow, you know, that could, that could be really good. And then the, um, the FCSS center here in, in Coal Lake, um, have reached out to me because I, I, I did, uh, you know, leave my info at their office and, and they said they would like to discuss that soon, but maybe getting some workshops or something going at their office there. So, you know, there's a lot of possibilities out there. Yeah. 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 You just, you got, you got to be willing to look for them and ask for them too, right? Yeah. I, I know a lot of, uh, from my perspective, like on my journey, one of the biggest hurdles was getting over like that. I'm a huge introvert. And so like when I'm trying to be, you know, trying to grow, I have to create friendships, right? Like you got to go out and be able to talk to people and ask them for help or like ask them, Hey, like I want to help in this area. Is that something you'd be interested in helping me with? Like there's, you got to be able to get out there and do that. It's, it's hard though. Like it can be. So yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I commend you for that. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, I, uh, I'm an introvert too. So I, I can relate to what you're saying, but I, I just go in with the idea that, you know, I'll go in and I'll make my pitch and the worst thing they can do is say no. So yeah. Yeah. Winning, winning the small nose. That's it. Right. So yeah. yeah. I was actually just listening to a podcast actually uh, with Ed Milet there. And he was talking about, uh, well, the guest he had on, she was like, she's like winning those small no's. And there's like this challenge they go on and they, uh, they have like a list of things that you can go and win these small no's with. And yeah, and it was actually a really fun, uh, fun scenarios. Like, uh, a guy goes over to his, this nine-year-old's, his neighbor's nine-year-old's birthday party. He got a big bouncy castle and he just like gets in line for the bouncy castle. Big dude, NFL football star, like just, <laughs> and they let him on. Oh. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I was expecting a no, but yeah, yeah. they just let me go. Yeah. So yeah, winning, winning those small no's. I think it's, it's, it creates um, an internal resistance in ourselves too, right? Like when we're going to do those things, I find myself sometimes sitting in a parking lot before going out and meeting up with friends or something like that. And just like, having a moment, you know, like be like, okay, get psyched up for this. This is the type of person I want to be like, let's go yeah, yeah. <laughs> get out there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good, man. I, so how did, I know your, your, um, your path has kind of led you into, you know, that awareness of sexual assault and then the need for men to, uh, trying to try to find those misguided men to maybe help them before these situations can occur. I know that's, kind of your reasoning but before that um i know you're a teacher like is there was there anything else that kind of led you in that direction were you always kind of stirring on this uh well yeah i mean it, it wasn't like a single experience or event it was a lot of different things right like um uh like i know several years ago i was uh, i was attending uh uh there was a a session at teachers convention in edmonton uh, I don't even remember what year it was, but there was a woman there from, uh, I think she was uh, an organizer or something for one of the women's shelters in in Calgary, or maybe maybe a group of women's shelters. 
And she told me something that really blew me away. You know, she, well, she didn't tell me, she told, she was telling everyone in the audience, but she was talking about how, uh, the, uh, the amount of people that come in the amount of women that would come in and seek, you know, a place to stay was really closely aligned with, uh, you know, like the outcomes of hockey games, uh, you know, yeah, I was blown away by that, you know, like, um, uh, if, uh, you know, if the team was, if the local team, so maybe the flames, uh, were doing really well, uh, I think there was a, I don't know if it pumped up like the, the testosterone among men or something like that. You know, the, uh, I don't know if you can call it testosterone, but the, um, uh, you know, it was, a the, it got the adrenaline flowing. And I can't remember if she said it was more when they won or more when they uh, were losing, but when they were losing too, you know, like the, uh, for some men, that's like, you know, how do we take this power back? And they start acting more aggressively. And I just thought, you know, this is a real shame. And when there's, um, when there tends to be violence in, in sports too, uh, you know, it has like a, it has an effect, I think on, on men's treatment of people around them. You know, because men, uh, men are really not good at sharing emotions. In fact, that's why men's groups are a good idea too, because a lot of men don't like to articulate how they feel, but if they're in a group of other men that are saying, Hey, you know, I, I was vulnerable at this point, uh, then they don't mind sharing the same thing as well. Yeah. I think creating that space is absolutely necessary. I do want to touch on that sports thing though, because I do find that really interesting and rambling off a thought here i think uh in in those scenarios um a man has attached his identity to the sports right like he's Uh, he's saying like my my worth per se is like my winning team yeah and if my team's not winning then i'm i'm losing like i've i've been you know dethroned almost and it's like now i yeah now i need to seek that that throne again and it's it's tough though because you're you're not only talking about you know who he is as a person but you're also talking about his need for acceptance Mm -hmm. and i think like if that team wins you know all the buddies get together they're all rah rah you know like our our team won and you know you feel good about yourself because you your team won that Mm -hmm. and and that acceptance is you know everybody's like recognizing that win but when you lose you lose too internally and then you know your buddies are all upset and depressed and whatever it you know well, they're giving you a hard so, time about it right if, yeah yeah i mean, I mean as sorry go ahead no you you go you go no i was just it's saying um uh like i'm from the prairies but i'm from a french canadian background too right and um like when i was growing up everybody in in our community was a, a montreal canadians fan like there was just no other way to to look at things and um you know, like I was fortunate because like my dad, like he, he, he really knows hockey and, uh, you know, he, he was cheering for them right along with us, but if they lost, you know, he was able to shrug it off. Like he didn't, he didn't think, well, this is going to ruin his day or anything like that. Yeah. We, we had, a uh, someone in our community, like a distant relative, uh, had come over, uh, when they were losing in the playoffs sometime in the late eighties. And, uh, you know, this, this, uh, distant aunt of mine, she was at our place and she was scared to go home after they lost. 
because she thought her husband was going to be in a, a terrible rage, you know, and um, I think she was afraid to get hurt, you know, and, and, when you, wow. and it's over a hockey game. You know? Yeah. So something that you have no control over whatsoever, not at all. Right. And it's uh, whatsoever. And, and yeah. I find that that's the thing with, with sexual assault too. Like, um, like during COVID, especially a lot of families were confined in the home. And so, mm. you know, a lot of men who weren't working, they felt powerless. And unfortunately there's a, there are some men out there that feel like they need control and they're going to get it. They need some form of power any way they can have it. And so, sometimes they prey on, on the weaker ones around them, you know, and that's, that's something that, uh, doesn't sit well with me. So, yeah. yeah. I really like, I, your why is there, you know, like your, your purpose, your why is, is definitely established and it's good. That's really good, man. I, I look forward to the progress you're going to make with that. Thanks. I appreciate that. It's, it's definitely needed, uh, among the world. Yeah. Um, uh, how did, when you were coming up in this, I know we, we kind of covered that when we we're, when you were growing up, did you find that, uh, you yourself experienced, you know, some sort of trauma or events that took place that maybe help you become more aware of, you know, the, these scenarios or even be able to relate to some of these guys? Uh, well, you know, I, I was fortunate. I think I had a really good childhood. Like, uh, you know, my, my mom and dad, they were amazing. Like I, I owe everything to them. Uh, you know, and, uh, but uh, on the school ground, I guess things could be different at times. Like I, I think I tried too hard to fit in because I was a small one. Like I was always the smallest guy. So, uh, a, a lot of the times I wasn't, you know, the first pick or anything like that, even though, you know, I, I was fairly athletic, I think. Um, but, uh, you know, when, when, uh, in during the winter, when we'd go out and we'd play hockey against these other, uh, towns, you know, there'd be a lot of times, a lot of like just macho language going back and forth between our team and the other team, like even as little kids, you know, and, uh, sometimes it was friendly, but a lot of times it wasn't. And that didn't sit well with me. Like I just, I wanted to be friendly. I didn't want to be just recklessly, you know, know, uh, going after people. I wasn't a goon or anything like that. And, uh, you know, I, eventually I learned to, um, you know, take my hits and give my hits and that, and I have to admit that did feel good, but I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not something that I would want to pass down to my sons if I had sons. Right. Um, it's, uh, I, I remember once I accidentally injured a, a kid playing hockey and, uh, you know, I, I didn't skate to the box like some of my teammates might've done. I, I, I just, I made a total fool of myself cause I got down on my knees beside this kid and I'm begging him to be okay. You know, and I'm crying along with him. Cause I was like, you know, just apologizing profusely. And I really got it from my teammates after that. Like they, they ragged on me for, for weeks after that happened. Right. Like it just, yeah. cause it wasn't the right response. Like in terms of what's expected of boys. Right. So yeah. We have- it's weird how in those, in those younger sports, like we're like, I played football, like high school football and you know, it is a lot of like, 
banter back and forth like i'm better you're like yeah. all that um the thing that i recognize though is when you look at like the nfl for instance yeah. it's like players play to play they play to win oh. but the relationships across team are still there yeah you know like there's there's like you know the respect for brady and like all yeah. those guys like you you see the relationships there it's not about you know talking shit or anything like that it's like we're here to play and we're here to win and you're not going to affect me those are like the primo athletes that know that their mental game is absolutely necessary to win yeah so it's like whatever you say isn't going to hurt me so you might as well not say it at all kind of idea right right? yeah but it's it's weird how that that can only take place in such a professional setting but yet you know in the I feel like it's it's almost like needed for motivation in those younger younger uh, teams, but I've I also too have been in your place. Like I yeah. uh, I tackled a running back really really hard and put him out of the game. Um, he he was carrying the ball weird, and I actually I I tackled him from the front, but I gre- like one handed his jersey yeah. and picked him right up and dropped like him. Judo. Completely winded him, fractured his wrist, like just. It was a mess, but I too sat right beside him was just like, right, man, like, like, what can I do for you? Like, sorry, dude. Like, cause you don't intentionally want to hurt people. Like that's, that's not who I am, but it's, it's a part of the game. Yeah. And it's like, and all my guys, the, the, I I will say this, a lot of my guys just dropped and took a knee right away, which was great. Like they all like, and, and that was one thing I really liked about football is like, we're all here. To play a game together yeah. we're not here to, uh, to like play against each other so aggressively like we're just we're there to play a good game yeah and that's that's what i really like and, and i think that's important too because that's good modeling for young boys too right like mm-hmm. um like i said like i wasn't uh i didn't like all that that aggressive stuff uh but it's like you know you you grow up and you don't even think about it because it's not articulated directly to you but there's this expectation that you're going to be aggressive and you're going to be tough and you're not going to let the other team intimidate you. I mean, that's, that's, that was my hockey experience, you know? Um, and now you're always seeing in the news too, about these parents too, they're getting really aggressive with refs and with each other in the stands, you know, and it's like, what are we teaching our kids? No, it's yeah. Well, there's expectation and then there's perfection, you know, like, you know, I would expect, if I did have a son and I do plan on having one one day, but yeah. if I did have a son, my expectation is to go out there and give it your all. Yeah. You know, absolutely. if there's, it, there are going to be scenarios that aren't going to be fair. Yeah. There's, there's going to be things that I think that are just like so out of this world unfair, mm-hmm. but there's nothing we can do about those things. Exactly. And people you know? have to get over those mental hurdles too. Yeah. And you, and it's crazy. Like watching, you know, some videos I see on the internet of dads like freaking out and going, I think this one guy, he got uh, uh, assault charges because he went up and pressed, like pushed a ref that was like 70 years old and like broke his ribs and his freaking arm and stuff because he just ran up and pushed him from behind and he just right onto the, the floor. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's how do you, this, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's just a game. And sometimes like, like we're never going to agree with every call a ref makes, but it's just another element in the game. You know, it's like if if you're expecting perfect refs, then, you know, pretty soon we're going to be like crafting like teams that measure up perfectly and 
well, this, you know, they, they outweigh us by 20 more pounds. we got to get 20 more pounds here. I mean, yeah. if there's more strength on the other side, you just, you know, you, it, it's just all the more reason to play harder and it's just another element in the game. Yeah. And that's where I feel like the balance per yeah. se of the team comes into the mental game. Yeah. Because you can have, you can have a team that's conditioned as hell, super strong, really good athletes in practice, but crumble under pressure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Like that's, and that's where the huge mental game comes across. And I think that's kind of balanced because like you can have the strongest team, but if you can't perform under pressure, then yeah. you're nothing. Exactly. Like, men- mental like mental comes into that huge and i i actually uh one of my avenues that i wanted to go down was um coaching sport like not sports but like coaching the mental side of sports yeah yeah so i know like the psychology in sports is huge like it's a huge industry that nobody really talks about yeah um because because a lot of those guys that you know like um what was it the i'm gonna forget the year but when the bruins played the canucks down in vancouver there and they had the riot and uh the goalie was on suicide watch and stuff because he felt like he he owned all of that yeah yeah you know and how like how do you as a a guy that plays hockey put all the responsibility of other people's actions in that riot on yourself yeah you have no control over other people's actions. no you don't you don't right and just just because like i i get it it was a big game Mm -hmm. there's no reason anybody should have rioted but there's no, there's no reason you should be putting that on your back. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, yeah. and that's that mental, that's like that, that psychology that we don't really talk about. We don't really recognize in sports. We're just there to watch them score and win. That's exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. And fortunately, yeah. you know, there, um, there's some movement finally happening in sports psychology, you know, thank goodness, because you look at yeah. all these football players too, that are, uh, you know, the expectations on some of these guys, right? And they're, mm. I mean, they're getting bigger and they're hitting harder than they used to. And, and uh, yeah. you know, like you've heard of some of these guys that have these head injuries and, um, you know, they undergo like a personality change. Mm. You know, it's, uh, and, and a lot of the guy, a lot of guys, I'm sure, feel that stress too. I mean, it's just like lately they've come out with, um, they interviewed some of the old uh, enforcers in the NHL, you know, and, and those guys, uh, you know, experience depression and things like that. There's a lot of stress when, uh, you know, you have to go out and fight physically for your team like that. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially being a ref in those situations as well. Oh, like man. I could, I could only imagine the amount of uh, shit you take from all the coaches. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, the, the verbal abuse that you would have to deal with. I know. Yeah. And that has to affect your performance a little bit, at least, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's hard to just let all that roll off your back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I do, uh, <laughs> do want to re recenter ourselves a little bit. I like the ramble yeah. on the sports, but I do want to get into a little bit of our, our, our plan per se for certain scenarios like your your uh your why and your purpose are directing you know the trying to find those misguided guys what would you say is like a priority for you to establish in those guys like is it a value is it a belief is it an opinion awareness like what would you say is like your first kind of like area that you want to 
kind of tackle and establish some awareness around? Yeah. So I think, uh, um, you know, our, our masculine, um, expectations, you know, the traditional norms, mm-hmm. we really need to think about that. And really, what, what does that get us? Yeah. You know, um, uh, you know, there's that whole idea around, uh, you know, you, you've got your son and he's sitting on the floor and he's playing with toys and, and he grabs a doll instead. And a lot of guys are like, don't, you know, get away from that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, why? Somebody made a joke about that and they said like, why don't we want boys playing with dolls? Is it because we, uh, you know, we're afraid they're going to become good fathers one day. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't like the idea of, masculinity disappearing like i wouldn't want to see that but what i want to see is men starting to value uh seeing things like generosity and compassion stewardship as you know true strength-based qualities not just like physical aggression and and things like that i mean i mean anybody can get angry but anger is is typically born out of fear yeah. If you if you're really strong, you know, you can remain calm under pressure, uh, you know, solve problems, help people, take care of people. I, those are the kind of qualities I'd like to help instill in people. But you know, yeah. like and I and I can relate as a man, like you're always trying to prove yourself. You know, you uh we're up against the tough team. I, you know, I need to go out there and show that I can survive out there. Yeah. Uh I definitely am in, in the same line as that. I, I, I went through most of my apprenticeship, my electrical apprenticeship, just purely based on seeking acceptance. You know, I like I grew up without a father, and and one of the things that I didn't recognize while I was going through my electrical was that I I just like I was always working hard. I was always like the hardest working guy on site. It yeah. got me in trouble a lot, you know, mm-hmm. because in being in a union when I was working in a union during my apprenticeship, if you worked harder than the guy next to you, the guy's like, you're working us out of work, like slow the hell down. And it was like, and I can relate to that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I didn't know why I was doing it. Like, I was just like, this is who I am. This is what I do. And subconsciously, like I was just, I guess, seeking that acceptance. Like I was always trying Mm -hmm. to prove myself. And I was like, there was, and I think it was because I didn't have that fatherly figure to be like, you know, expectation was met or like, I'm proud of you or good job yeah. or any of that. Like I never got any of that. And then mm-hmm. when I did, when I did get it any, like from, you know, my boss or a coworker or something like that, I didn't know how to accept it. Like I was yeah. like, it's not enough. Like, like, you know, good job. And it was just like, that wasn't a good job. You could do better right away. Like that's my brain, like just instantly. And it was just like, I didn't know that that, that level or that, what those scenarios that took place in my childhood would affect me so much as I was growing Mm up as like Mm -hmm. having, you know, building that I'm still a really hard worker, but I do it because I enjoy it now. I'm not looking for the acceptance. I'm not looking for that, you know, to prove myself to anybody. I could get, I could care less if you accept me I just do it because I want to. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. I can completely relate to that too. I, I worked, I had a stint in the oil field out here in Alberta for a while. And, and, um, uh, I, I, you know, I generally got along with the crew well, but, um, 
but that was the thing. There were times when the guys didn't want to work with me because, you know, they, they wanted to do just enough, mm. but I, I didn't like that. You know, you go home at the end of the day feeling like you, you know, you did, you gave it your all, right? Yeah. There's like that difference though. Like if you, to me, I never had to experience this because of the actions that I was taking. But I think for those that just show up and do the bare minimum, don't go mm-hmm. home fulfilled. No, and they, they don't. don't show they up don't to the job with the intention to be fulfilled, right? Yeah. Their intention yeah. is to get a paycheck, not to actually contribute to society and what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. They don't see that bigger vision. Like when I was working at Interior Health Authority, I was doing all the data, fiber optics, like all this um, infrastructure. But when you're there mm-hmm. doing it, it kind of sucks. You know, like you run into situ- situations and scenarios with other coworkers getting to you know, beef with whatever, right? It's not in those moments, it kind of sucks. But the greater vision is that this place, this facility is going to service a lot of people. You know, like tons and like it's Interior Health Authority. It's an office space. It's also a treatment center. Vaccines go through there. It's a pharmacy. Like there's tons of like the work you're doing now is establishing a lot for the future. It's not just a paycheck for you. Yeah. You know. and, and you have to have a lot of perspective to see it that way, right? A lot of people are just thinking about themselves. That's the thing. So Yeah, they don't see that. And I had a had a pretty rough conversation with one of my coworkers in a union. The p- company that I was working for, we were very, very high pace, high active, high achieving, high performance. Um, and I <laughs> think that was because when it, I don't know if it was like the the company that did it, but in that group in the company we called ourselves like the uh the alpha team because we just like we we were so highly efficient and high performing on any job like you get these these few guys together we crushed it um and when we got a new guy in and i kind of look back at this now and think differently but we got a new guy in he wasn't performing at that expectation you know yeah and none of us smoked and he smoked so he would go off and mm-hmm. not be a part of our little group morale during breaks. And right. he was performing well under the standard. And so mm-hmm. I went out and I called him out on it. You know, I was just like, hey, man, like, if you want to be here, you got to show it. You know, like in the yeah. union, it's very cutthroat. If you're not willing to, you know, put in the work and be, you know, meet this level of expectation, you're going to be on the layoff list. And that's just how yeah. it works. And I was like, you know, looking back at it now, it probably wasn't the greatest thing to say, but in the same sense, like it's, it it motivated him for like six months. Like he was rocking it hard and and then he fell off again. I don't know if it was something personal or something that happened on the job or he saw it coming to an end and was scared of layoffs. But yeah, it just, uh, you got to be able to help people and change their perspectives on a few things. And I wish, I wish I had that when I was trying to like seek that acceptance all the time. You know, my, my bosses just reaped the benefits and they loved it. They, they could care less what was going on in my head. They were just like, you're making us money. Get out there. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah. Well, I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just, so with, um, with that being said, <laughs> we're, uh, we're trying to, I think we got off on a little ramble there. We're trying to get into, um, you know, the younger states, masculinity, trying to understand a little bit more on how we yeah. can establish some more values in, you know, compassion and empathy and 
that in those uh those children but we're we're now you know 18 21 22 we didn't have that you know we didn't have that how like do you think there's a way that we could bring that value again into those men or help them understand what that value is or what it feels like or do you think we got to start with emotional intelligence yeah i think we do i um you know we have to uh we have to teach men, you know, well, first of all, that it's, there's no shame in, in, uh, having feelings, you know, like there's a lot of men out there that say, I don't do feelings yeah, and they still shame other men for crying. Yeah. You know, like how many men do you know want to cry in front of other men? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. I'm not saying we have to all go out there and cry, but if someone is going to, you know, let them, it doesn't make them, it doesn't make them less of a man. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a lot of really terrific men out there that, uh, um, you know, bring, bring the good qualities of, of caring and stewardship to their families and their communities and all that. And there's really nothing macho about those guys, but, uh, that's not, that's not ideal manliness. That's not what we put on a pedestal as men. You know, we, we look at the, uh, uh, mixed martial art fighter, like, you know, we're, we're amazed by the things that these guys are willing to, to go out and do, like take a shit kicking or give one. And, um, but what's wrong with, uh, you know, uh, coming home after work and, you know, listening to your wife, listening to your family, uh, giving them space to, um, feel things, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not very articulate on, on this point because yeah. there's just, there's so much there and I'm trying, trying to figure to, it uh, out. It, you know what? I, I do the same. I spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to like my, one of my entry points. And I felt, I, I was actually talking about this yesterday with an old friend. Um, I feel like a lot more girlfriends, wives, and um, single mothers will, will point their, you know, husbands, boyfriends, or children towards you, right? Because they're, yeah. they're seeing your work and their yeah. husband, boyfriend, and child aren't. And they'll, and they'll be mm-hmm. like, Hey, look, like, have you seen this? Or, you know, like, Hey, I think this could help. Because one of the things that I realize is communication is really hard in, in those scenarios. You know, as a single mother, it's yeah. really hard to go to your child and be like, Hey, you know, it's okay to feel, it's okay to have empathy. It's okay. And then all his buddies at school are being like, you're a, you know, weakling, like, you know, I don't want to say the real terms that we probably would use, but you know, it just, you're not, uh, you're not cut out for this or whatever. Right. And he goes back home and goes, mom, you taught me wrong. I don't, you know, I don't need empathy. I don't need this and blah, blah, blah. And and now there's like a barrier there. And she wants to help him, but can't because that line of communication is being influenced by their friends. So it's like, yeah, well, that's a really salient point you just made for sure. You know, your friends aren't moving in that direction. It's really hard for you to go out and do that. Yeah, there's, so my, my take is like for, for content wise, like you're, we are trying to get the content out to those people, but I think the people that that are going to see it are those, you know, the girlfriend, wife and single mom and, and point that content Mm -hmm. to their child. So, I mean, addressing like the, the pain points of communication, I think are, are more or less a a huge 
factor like we got to take in and, and kind of communicate outwards too, right? Like if you're able to tell your husband like, hey, look, like when you get home from work, I'm not going to talk to you for 15 minutes. That's your time. That's your time to do transition, yeah. your time to process your day. As soon as you come home, I might give you a hug, but I'm going to leave you alone completely for 15 minutes, right? And he, yeah. he might have already come across transition. He's, he knows what it is, but hasn't been able to communicate it to his wife because that line of communication yeah. isn't there. You know? Exactly. You know, and he's probably driving home thinking, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not looking forward to this encounter where I, you know, she's going to ask me about my day and I'm going to get irritated or, or whatever. Or he, or he comes but home yeah. and she spills her entire day and all the shit that she had to go through and all this stuff. And now he's yeah, dealing with yeah. all his crap and her crap and trying to put it all together and, and process it all and implodes. Yeah. You know? No, and exactly. Exactly. So now we have a, and that's why you're right to say that like the communication is yeah. so important and, and it's learning how to communicate that with their partner yeah. too, because not everybody's going to take it the same way. Like I, I know like, one thing I've noticed is that as men, we like to have, you know, a garage or a, a man cave mm -hmm. or something that we like to recede yeah. to, you know, we like to go there and I don't know if it's, we need to decompress, but I don't know what it is about the male brain, but we need that time uh, without a lot of, uh, I, I don't know, a Inputs. lot of talking yeah. going into our head, yeah. I think. And a, and a lot of women, you know, they don't like that because they feel like the man's being mm -hmm. unresponsive and he's not good at communicating why he needs yep. that space. So he, he just acts irritable about it and, and doesn't yeah. talk about it. And then she's like, well, what's wrong? How do I yeah. fix this? And he doesn't, it, and it's not necessarily you know? that it needs to be fixed. It needs to be processed. Yeah. You know, exactly. and my, yeah. you know, my girl and I, we kind of did the same thing, you know, a couple of years back. It was like, I just needed my space. And she was like, Oh, you're leaving me. What's going on? Like you're, there's a problem with our relationship. And it's like, no, like I just need to process the day yeah. or the week or yeah. a scenario yeah. or an event that took place. Like, you know, I just, I just need a moment by myself to process those things. So there's, it's not something that I can process with you. I need to be alone so that I can deal with that stuff. But yeah, you don't, yeah. you don't necessarily have those words in that moment. You know, it, it comes out yeah. as leave me alone or, you know, like I need to be, you know, I need to walk away or something or, and it's to them, they see that as like, uh, oh, we're compromised. Our relationship's compromised. And it's like, no, yeah. no, 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 that's not it at all. But it's hard to communicate that when you're, when you're going through that. Yeah, exactly. And one of the problems too, is that, uh, like I've noticed, uh, males, you know, one of the emotions we're best at showing is mm -hmm. anger. Because uh, that's an acceptable emotion to us because anger is an aggressive form of expression. And when we feel aggressive, we feel manly. But, you know, at, at, we're not good at showing the other uh, compassionate emotions yeah. very well. And that's one thing we need to school ourselves on, yeah. I think. I challenge, I challenge the aggression and manly a little bit because if, yeah, if, um, if we feel more manly when we're aggressive, then to yeah. me, like you're, you're, you're kind of throwing yourself into a massive disservice because man, to me, mm -hmm. I think, it, I, yeah, I think it would have to be like an understanding of what manly really is. Because if you're, if you're suggesting that yeah. angry, which I'm sure for most people, they do value as masculine. Um, mm -hmm. I, 
it just won't get you anywhere. No, it doesn't you know, get like, you anywhere. It, it just creates problems, yeah. um, events that Absolutely. you will regret, embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Like there's 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 nothing about anger that necessarily makes you masculine. No, I don't think you so know? either. It's uh you know, it's interesting. Um, I don't know what it's like in other provinces, but here in Alberta too, like I think I told we were talking about this a few weeks ago. Um, you know, there there's uh there's a lot of males who I've found are driving around like on the jacked up trucks and the the really loud engines, you know, getting everybody's attention. Um yeah. why? What like what's that an yeah. expression of, you know? Um I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if it's anger. I don't know if it's, you know, look at me. I'm like, can you be this tough kind of thing? Look at me. Yeah, I'm a man. That, I don't did, know. I, we did I mean, talk I, about I, that a bit. Uh, and I think I, I, my take on it was, um, acceptance and, you know, that need for approval, you know, and, and, and trying to fulfill yeah. that void of them that, you know, they, they can't accept themselves or, you know, the, they're not proud of who they are. So they're, they're constantly needing to fill that with materialistic things so that they can prove to other people that they are, but they're really not in on the inside. Mm -hmm. So it's like they put on, they put on that facade and, and try to do it and realize that they're still not being fulfilled. So it just, it just keeps adding on and adding on. Now, the next thing you know, they're $300,000 in debt with a brand new boat, brand new truck, like all this stuff. And they're not, fulfilled yet you know they're getting the pleasures mm-hmm. for sure of the materialistic things like going out on a boat is awesome it's fun but at the end of the day when you're at mm-hmm. home you're still alone you know and yeah, that's exactly. and that's where those feelings come up and they really show themselves you know depression sadness like you know that that's when shit mm-hmm. gets real you know you may have had an awesome day yeah. with all these people that could give a rat's ass about you, but really like your truck and really like your boat. But now you're at home and you're mm-hmm. still alone. Like where's, yeah. where's the balance no, there? Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and that makes me think of like the void, like how do we fill those voids yeah. that we feel? Right. I mean, uh, um, uh, more and more people are, uh, um, males in particular, but I think women are, are starting this too, where they, you know, it's the end of a tough week and, and the mm. wine comes out and the, the beer comes out and all that, because we, um, I know as males, a lot of males, they can't stand sitting with their feelings. You know, it's, what do I do with my feelings? Do I get angry? Do I sit with it? Or can I, you know, if I drink, I can humor. feel something else. I don't have to. Yeah. Humor is a big one. In fact, uh, this guy, uh, I don't think I have the book here, but, um, What's his name? Or do I? Sorry. Uh, yeah. So this one here, I don't, um, Lewis Howes, he wrote the mask of masculinity, you know, and we wear all these yeah. different masks and that's one of them is the, uh, the yeah. Joker mask. You know, I know for me, like I, I often joke that I was born with an enlarged sarcastic gland. I mean, that's, that's been my defense yeah. mechanism for years. I find, I find humor you know? is like, you know, I, I, I found this saying somewhere. I'm not sure where it came from, but I, I find it amazing. It says, uh, the brighter, the star, the bigger, the shadow, you know? And like, yeah. 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 Wow. And, and really good. you know, yeah. I see it firsthand. Like I have, a, I have a few guys that are, 
you know, either drinking or just humor, right? They'll, every time you show up there, man, yeah. you're leaving laughing. Like you're chuckling to yourself driving yeah. back oh, down yeah. the driveway. And it's, and you're exactly. like, how can, like, how can he be so upbeat? And he's fighting the biggest oh. demons. You know, he's fighting the biggest, hardest mm-hmm. emotions, but he just cracks you up every time you're there. And it's like, and, and it's hard yeah. to have yeah. a serious conversation when somebody's just joking with it all the time. You know, they're like, let's figure it out mm-hmm. together. And it's like, oh, I don't need to figure anything out. Like, I'm perfect. And it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's hard, yeah. right? Like, it's hard to, it's hard to normalize yeah. that. And yeah, it's, it's masks. You know, we're masking off. We're not dealing with our emotions. I put out a, a comment today. Somebody asked, uh, what do you do with your depression or how do you process depression? And I wrote right away. I just, I defaulted as journaling, um, working out, um, listening to music in my car on a view, hiking, getting outside. Um, but I was like, but all those things could not work uh, without being able to talk to somebody. Because talking with somebody yeah. about what you're going through, you'd be amazed on how many people are going through the same shit and can relate and help you through whatever you're going through. Absolutely. And, and I find that um, uh, a lot of men don't, they yeah. just don't know that, you know, uh, like I, I know you and I met each other mm-hmm. like over Facebook. I, 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 I always avoided Facebook, but I, I decided, well, this is a business necessity now. I'm going to have to figure it out. And so I thought, well, I'm going to join like a men's group on there too. And, and I don't post very often, but I, I, um, you know, I, I like reading how, you know, somebody will post, like, I have a problem going on, like what, any advice out there and guys will chime in and, and mostly, you know, they can't yeah. relate. They are going through the same thing. But uh, but uh, outside of Facebook, I mean, maybe there's that maybe there's that comfort of anonymity yeah. over Facebook too. But I know, like in my everyday life, like like me and and my buddies, uh, we don't get together and and really, it's it's rare that we articulate uh, any kind of emotion or or problem or challenge. Establishing that, we have. that line of communication you know, we, is hard with friends, and and especially like if hard. you yeah. have made an identity with your friends. And an identity, I mean, just like established who you are with those people. And now you've changed, you've adapted to a new being, you've developed, you've grown and, and you're, you're trying to bring that to your friends. And it's like, that's not you, right? They see you as one, two, and three, and now you're four, five, and six also. And how do you communicate that with your friends? And to me, like, I've always, as soon as I meet somebody, I always try to give that first impression as a little bit more of who I think I would like to be and who I'm not at in that moment, right. you know, because if I can give uh-huh. that first impression, you know, super happy, super intimate, empathy, empathetic, whatever it may be, although I am those things now, but just in mm. scenario, like I just try to push that out of myself a little bit more because that to me helps that person create that identity for me. Right. Cause the next time I see them, they're expecting sure. that yeah. person that I showed them the first time I met them. Mm-hmm. So I just, I keep building on that and building yeah. on it and building on it. And it's, it's hard to do, but it like, yeah. it challenges me and it's, it's refreshing sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that too, because uh, like, obviously you're aware of that and you're trying to build towards that. Like you're obviously personal growth yeah. is important to you, 
But for a lot of people, it, it's sort of a discrepancy strain thing. I don't know if you've heard that concept, but you know, where you have this yeah. ideal image of yourself and you feel like you're not yeah. rising to it. So it causes you stress. Absolutely. Right? Does that ever man. happen? I, so I actually just recently, not that I've gotten over it, but I've become more, become yeah. aware enough to establish um, boundaries and how to deal with those things literally over the course of the last few months. Yeah. Because after reading the, uh, the Confidence Gap, that other book I, I suggested for you, it showed me okay. really how values over goals is way more important. You know, like my, my life up to the last yeah. couple months has always been way up here. Like my expectation is so bloody high that I'm crippled with anxiety and depression because I can't achieve such a level of success. And I just, and, and it's like, I yeah. want it. I want it so bad, but I can't like push myself to mm -hmm. it because it's just so out of reach. And so like the same thing right, with identity, right. like I know the type of person I want to be. I know who I want to become, but like the, the yeah. struggle of trying to achieve that is it's like, yeah, like you, you end up in a place where you're like crippled. You're like, I, I want that, but it's like, I am scared now you know, that fear comes in and it's like, you're, you're, you're stressing out now. And it's like, how do I, how do I make that work? Do I ask these questions? Do I do this? Do I do that? Do I stand this certain way? Do I need to work on my charisma? And it's like a downward spiral of shit. And you're just like, how do I get out now? Yeah. You know? So that, that yeah. values, that values is, is like what I've been, what I've been focusing on the most and just living by that every day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Russ Harris, he's the, uh, He's uh, not the founder of, but he's one of the major proponents of acceptance mm. and commitment therapy. And that's a huge part of that type of therapy is clarifying your values, right? And just living by those. And then it doesn't matter what the outcome is. If, you know, if you're going to feel satisfied if you, if you yeah. live by your values, right? You don't have to be, you don't have to be the big success in terms mm -hmm. of like money or yeah. Uh, aim or whatever it's uh you know if you're living according to your values then you're you're reaching that mark of success and i think we have to get the more people we can get to see to experience that the better too right so because i was going to ask you too like you have this ideal vision of yourself and you you want to get there but let's say you achieve that next year oh man it's what, always what changing then? it's always evolving because as as yeah. i achieve those things i want yeah. more Right. Just, just as, just right. as money, right. Like we get 10 grand in the bank. We want 20. Once we get 20, we want 30. Right. There's always like, we're always pushing for more and more yeah. and more and more and more. Like my ideal person will always mm -hmm. be five year, years ahead of me. You know, like he'll always yeah. be yeah. five or like a little bit better or just 1% better or just a little bit more mm -hmm. understanding or a little bit more empathetic or a little bit better at doing podcasting, a little bit better at doing questioning. Like, there's always little aspects that I can always improve on. I'm never going to meet that person. And I've accepted that, you know, like I know for a fact that I'll yeah. never be the perfect person that I want to be, but I know along that pursuit, I will be everything I need to be on that pursuit. Yeah. I really, I really like the way you put that. Yeah. Like the ideal person is yeah. five years ahead of you and you've sort of accepted that you'll never meet that person. I, you know, and if you're, yeah. if you're happy with that, that's, I think that's an excellent uh, way to map well, out your then journey you're not, for you're sure. Not always in stressed yeah. about not being that person. 
right? That value, that yeah. value behind, you know, your pursuit of that person, the value, like, I just want to be better. Not I want to be that person. No, I just mm -hmm. want to be better. I want to move myself closer to that person every yeah. single day. That's my value. It's not to be that person. It's to make my way to that person. You know, so now yeah, you're not, exactly. you're not crippled because you're not him. You're able to make action and mm -hmm. do the things that are necessary because you're, you're, you know, that that person is never going to be obtainable. It's, it's the pursuit. Yeah. It's the journey. It's, it's, it's all of that that makes us who we are. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, that type of advice too, it goes mm -hmm. back millennia, right? I mean, uh, you know, it, like in ancient China, they said that, you know, that um, it's, it's not the destination yeah. at all. It's the journey, you know, and it really is. You have to enjoy uh, yeah. the way there. Yeah. It's, it's like going to the gym and working out, you know, like it, you have to enjoy each workout. You can't, you can't sit there and just keep your eye on, on the perfect, person you want to look like or be like it's i mean like you say once you get there then what next i mean what you're just going to want yeah, more and more and more right and some guys get caught in that trap like i've known guys that um you know they it's become chronic and they just you know it's more steroid use and they get big and they get super huge and then it's like mm -hmm. well it's not enough yet mm -hmm. you know what else can i do? yeah it's and you know i find myself i i did find myself last year doing that a lot and you know, this year, even though we're only, you know, two months in, I feel so much better about the progress that I've made in my life physically and mentally, just because yeah. I've been able to sit back and enjoy the journey and recognize the progress yeah. that I have been making. And that's, and I feel nice. like that's been my biggest struggle. Like I've, you know, that awareness trying to start the, uh, chasing the acceptance, you know, trying to prove myself wasn't giving me the the opportunity to recognize the progress that I have made, the achievements mm -hmm. that I have made, you know? Yeah. I I just like every time I every time I go into uh go in to take a shower, it's like, man, I've been putting in hard physical work. Like hard physical work. And like walk past mm -hmm. the mirror, I'm like, damn man, you've made some progress. Like just recognizing that is is yeah. huge for me. You know, like taking that minute and being like, yeah. man, like you're, you're shaping, you're shaping your body right now. The work you're putting in is, is making yeah. dividends is I'm like, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm pumped on where I'm at. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm not upset with it where I'm at right now. Like I'm pumped on it. Yeah. Well, and, and it's good that you see those yeah. steps as rewards, right? Because you don't want to just, you know, like six months from now, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, see this as a reward. You got to, yeah. you really have to see it on yeah. a daily basis. Yeah. No, kudos yeah. to you for that. We're, yeah. we're bumping up against time here. I did want to just bring up one perspective while we're on this subject. Yeah. I think a, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of men these days or young adults per se value, value a very yeah. high expectation of materialistic gain. And you know, they, they look at all the social media guys, they're experiencing this, this, uh, inrush of inputs that say, if you don't have the big house, the fancy car, you're never going to get the girl or, you know, you're never going to be happy yeah. or, uh, you're never going to meet the level of acceptance from society unless you've achieved this level of success. What, what's your take on that? Mm -hmm. 
Well, I mean, um, that's just it too, right? Like just because this is the majority um, opinion of what success is, if there's one thing I've learned, it's that majority mm-hmm. isn't, isn't always right. Sometimes, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, a well-balanced, uh, minority opinion is the better one. I mean, why are we letting society set our standards of success? I mean, uh, it's not realistic. You know, I, like, like you say, um, I mean, we're basically, we're socialized to be consumers because our economy as we know it yeah. is, is dependent on that. So, uh, you know, those standards are are put out there commercially by companies, you know, like you're, I mean, adver- that's the nature of advertising. If you're going to be mm-hmm. happy, you have to have this. And if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be this person, you're going to be the coolest guy on the block. You have to have this and this and this. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, we have to learn to obviously be, be happier with less. I mean, I, that's one thing I really feel for the millennials, you know, uh, like just, you can have a couple who comes out of medical school and it's hard for them to get mm-hmm. a roof over their heads, you know, so I don't yeah, know. No, I, I get you with this. And you, you made two really good points. Uh, um, advertisement is definitely pointing us in that value, right? It's exercising a muscle that we don't necessarily need. You know, that, that expectation of what happiness is and what, what we need to have to achieve that happiness Mm -hmm. Um, and happier with less. I really like that. Um, I, I find myself wanting the next big thing, the next thing, the next podcast, Mike, the next audio interface, the next laptop, next computer, you know, like, always wanting the next little thing and it's it it does what it needs to do you know i don't i don't need the fancy shit to do what i need to do you know yeah but in in terms of technology though don't you find it you're it's almost a necessity in a way too though right because um like for you to keep your game up like and as you follow these pursuits like you're doing podcasting and all these things you must feel like you need the latest in, equipment too though right yeah in a in a, a sense right much. like obviously i'm going to improve and mm-hmm. evolve in in you know my podcasting career and how oh. i record and do my thing but if yeah. I, the thing that i've been doing is like if the money that i need to do you know some sort of progress here doesn't come directly from podcasting or directly from my coaching career or whatever i'm doing in there then then those things won't mm-hmm. improve. Yeah. I've bought the baseline with my own personal money. Now, if there's mm-hmm. no return on investment to bring those right. things up, those things won't evolve. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's my take is like, right. sure, I yeah. will need the next thing or the next brightest thing, but I won't invest in that unless it is moving forward. Right? So it's like, yeah, but right. Right. the happier with less thing is more, I guess the the technology thing might have not have been the best example, but... I just mean like, you know, I don't need the, the 2020 Ford truck or something like that. You know, I'm happy with my used mm-hmm. truck, you know, I, I got to go out and fix it sometimes, but it mm-hmm. brings guys together, brings us together to have a few beers and, you know, hang out and stuff. So it brings value, brings memories, yeah. but it just, you don't, you don't always need necessarily the best, the brightest, the, and I think a lot of people do it for the wrong reasons too. 
right? That that accept him to check out my new truck, yeah. check out my new car. Like I'm high class. I my my social status has gone up because I drive this car. Like different value base around that. Yeah, yeah we put a lot of effort into trying to yeah. gain other people's approval. But really, you know, people are really just thinking yeah. about their own situations. We don't oh, need man, their approval a, as much. It's as we insane think. how much we we actually seek out others approval and they just don't care yeah especially no, especially like it, i i use the car yeah. analogy so much because i think a lot of you know young adults want to buy a new vehicle you know as soon as they they get some sort of income yeah. they're like i want a new vehicle i want to buy you know this vehicle because it's amazing and blah 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 and everybody's gonna see me as like in school, it's like you drive a Beamer or a Mercedes, like you're high class, you know, like you show up in a ragged out Honda, mm-hmm. you're a loser. Mm-hmm. Like everybody kind of just puts that expectation there yeah. on, on like unspoken, but expectation on themselves and others. Yeah. You know, like if John rolls up in a BMW, you're going to be, yeah. you're going to value his opinion a little bit more that drives the Honda, you know, like that's just, just how society kind of like that's functions, I guess, yeah. or reacts to, to those things we we absolutely put a huge dent in our life like younger life if we buy a vehicle it's a liability you know it's not something that it it, when you go to get a mortgage for a house they're going to look at that payment as a liability you know it's going to be harder for you to secure a mortgage for a house if you have that liability it's going to not bring you more happiness it's only going to bring you temporary pleasure so it's like all those new shit, all yeah. that new crap no, is not going to push you any further in life. If anything, it's going to hold you back. Sure, those pleasantries no. are amazing when you're, you know, in your late 40s or early 50s yeah. when you've had this massive success and are able to pay off your house and so on. But it's not necessary for you to be successful. No. No, I mean, we, we need to learn to not let uh, these subtle... Mm-hmm. Uh, things shame us right i mean like you were saying you know and with the vehicles i mean somebody comes in to your vehicle now and you're like you have to apologize to them because you haven't got right seats why are we apologizing for that you know it's, you know and that's just you know yeah. the seats have been around for a few years but what's the next thing yeah. you know oh yeah you don't you have don't have the feature. 15 inch like, screen with climate control on either side that <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I feel that. Right. Hey, man, we're we're bumping up yeah. on time here. I really appreciate this. This was a this was a really yeah. good conversation. Um, yeah, like, yeah. thanks for joining me yeah, today. I it. Thanks for spilling it. Um, I'm gonna link up anything and everything okay. I have so I can direct people to you. Um, and uh, we'll try. You know what? We'll do this again. You know, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get some other people on and then we'll revisit some of these topics and we'll do this again because it it was really it was a lot of fun, man. I appreciate it. It sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Well, that's a wrap, folks. Thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate your time and share this with somebody you love and I will see you on the next one.